What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, and thank you so much for checking it out. We have got an amazing guest this week. My very close friend, Jake and Grande, dropped by, and he spoke to me about all sorts of cool projects that he's done, um, cool hardcore bands that he's played with, what it's like to play in front of thousands of people, and how he's developed musically as an artist. But ultimately, we all got together to talk about a new song that both he and I recorded, along with the help of Jimmy Prosser, called Nicotine, which was this amazing demo that he sent to me a while ago, and we just knew we had to record it. So we all got together, and uh, we wanted to kind of figure out what went behind it. You know, what were the lyrics like, and what was the story behind this song, and uh, what was his musical journey up until this point. So anyways, we hope you guys like it. The song is at the end of the show. We'd love to hear what you think. And uh, this is one that we were just super happy to record and play for you guys. So without further ado, Jake and Grande. But you, so, okay, so you were also in a metal band in yeah. high school, right? Yeah. And who was that with? Was that with other kids in our school? No, so it was my, uh, one of my best friends growing up. Our dads actually went to high school at Toy Pines together in, uh, in Del Mar, where we're from. And, uh, he we just like kind of wanted to start our own band and we were really into the music at the time and so we were kind of searching for drummers for like months and we met this kid named Devin and he was like yeah I'd love to drum for you guys Uh, I'm kind of in this band that we're like trying to start uh, so I might be doing that more I'll let you guys know and like a couple weeks later he's like hey like we're still kind of structuring that band you guys want to like maybe come in and it was actually just for him because they wanted a screamer, which is a big instrumentalist in that in that type of thing. So I just came along and I was just like, uh, I'll just go with you and just meet the people. And we did like this audition where they were just playing and we, me and him just kind of like freestyled off of each other. And, and it was it, it was pretty good. And so you were doing vocals and guitar or something like that? Or? No, I was literally just clean vocals at that time. Wow. So it was like, it was a, there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, it's a seven person band. That's big. That's it was a huge. big band. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it was fun. And that, I think that was the most fun time for me. Cause I could just like go around and it was just like focusing on singing. And I thought I was hot shit and it was pretty silly. But after, after a certain time, like once I, we got really into actually like making the music, we had a lot of like structural changes. I ended up like playing bass and doing clean. We got, it was towards the end where I was like, I'm kind of getting uninvested and we were getting like very, very heavy, very dark. And at that point, I think I realized like, I kind of like that bubblegum pop stuff in that context. I think that's what I can bring. Cause yeah, I'm not like, pierce like, the veil. Or I'm not very yeah. scary. Like I was, and I was like clean cut. I looked like a Jonas brother. So for me, I was always like, I can't really fake like being scary. And that's how the band was kind of changing. It was getting darker. Were you guys and wearing costumes and stuff? It was like, it? we were all just wearing like, triple XL hoodies and like cut off shorts and like growing our hair super long and like beating up, like being super aggressive in crowds and seeing other shows and just like hitting people. And I was just like, I can try to fake this, but I don't know. I, I, I don't look right doing it. And so at that point, I, the band was kind of just starting to fall apart and I was just like, Hey, I'm, I'm out. Like, yeah, I'd rather just do my own thing. No, stuff like that happens. You know, we when I played gigs, it was we played a bunch of gigs. We split the money half, you know, 50-50. It was like, you know, it was a fun experience. But then I knew, like, we can't be a... I just didn't want to do covers forever and stuff like that. You know, we were working on originals. We went into a studio. You know, you get, like, that sort of stuff. But 
the studio stuff was sort of half-baked. It didn't really work out, you know. Stuff like that happens. And that's a good experience, I think, to have with your first band. Because then sure. you learn all of those little hiccups and you go, okay, now I kind of see where I can put my feet, you know. And I think, like, yeah, you just kind of have to do it. And obviously you're going to, especially with music, I think, you look back at even yesterday what you did and you're like, oh, fuck, I, today I'm so much better. And But I think if you can look at it, like, pull the, the good things from it and not judge yourself so much for being at a different point in your life where you may have been a little bit more naive. Yeah. Then, like, I, yeah, I I listen to the music now and I'm like, oh, gosh, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this to anyone, but I... I mean, I got to play in front of 2,000 people. We got to open for bands we liked. We got to go. Who did you, where did you get to play? Yeah, tell me, like, the places you got to play and the people you got to open for. So Soma in San Diego, which is right by, it's downtown right by the sports arena. It was kind of, that was the mecca. So that's where, I mean, Blink-182 played their first shows. That's where um, Pierce the Veil started out. And so for us, like, once we, we kind of got in there and we started just going to shows and hassling people and meeting everyone. And it's a really, like, there's really good camaraderie. It's like a crew of people from the people that work there to the booking agents to the just the locals that go to the shows all the time. So for us, like, our goal was to just play the main stage and open for, like, a great band. And what's great, like you were telling me earlier about the people you played with in New York, like, there was a scene and so like you would never go in and just play a show and there's 10 people there's always people that even if they didn't like their your music they liked you and they would just show up and bring people and dance and have fun make you look good so like i think at the point we like the peak we were playing in front of we were opening for a band called chiodos which was a band that i really liked before we even started playing music and and then slowly that kind of the opinion about what was cool as far as being a band like changed like I really liked that peak and then it was like oh the main stage isn't cool anymore we have to play the room where it's 30 people and it's only the people that really like us and and, and people who are posers like they're not welcome and we're gonna be aggressive and I was like I don't I, I get what you guys are doing but this isn't this doesn't seem yeah that's fun. so interesting I mean it's like you that's a that's a total turn I mean if you ask 99% of people they go yep the more the merrier you know let's let's pack so more militant. people in very but that's very I mean that's that goes hand in hand with that genre too of oh, like let's do it's, we don't want to be found we want to like only the the real fans get to like experience this the way we want to you know promote it and put it out there like right. that's the it's like a closed off circle you know it's at, interesting it's at very that time yeah like i was starting to learn more about punk scenes and that kind of thing and i think the first time i heard about boston hardcore music i didn't i never heard i never heard a song from a boston hardcore band but i just knew this reputation of the people were straight edge they weren't drinking or doing drugs and they were beating up people who were and they were shaving their heads like neo-nazis and wearing all black and i was like I, I really like it from a standpoint of it's an interesting time, but I never felt that that pull in and that gravitational pull of like I need to I belong to this or I need a, a group of people. I was yeah. just like, and it's hard. I mean, that's you know, it's one of those things where you can. I mean, because I mean, at least with me, I know I listen to all sorts of different music, and one day I could feel like yeah, I could fit into that, and then two days later I'd be like, uh, no, that it's is ridiculous. not who, that's not yeah. who I am. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you already started a song, so let's try and finish it, And even though it doesn't fit who you are. You know, it's like, and that's all good. I think it's all learning, you know, experiences, and it's all, it's all worthwhile, I think. Eventually, you know, there's tons of bands. It's interesting, earlier you say, you said you were talking about Alice in Chains. Yeah. And I don't know if you knew this, but you probably did. But they uh, they were like, 
a classic sort of rock band before yeah. the grunge thing. Came. Yeah. And they just were like, all right, let's just adjust and we can be a grunge band. And they became, I mean, probably second to Nirvana or Soundgarden, you know, the, one of the biggest bands of the 90s. It was crazy. Um, because they just, you know, adjusted a, a tiny bit and they were able to kind of figure out their sound and stuff. But And that was at the time where people, it was kind of at the time where it was hard to be really authentic and there was just too much awareness. And so it, you, you could start tweaking what you were and what you could, your output would be to just kind of appeal. And that's what, that's what's like, it's good and it's bad. Yeah. Because now, but now there's so much of that, so much transparency that now it's like, should I listen to what other people are listening to and what they think about it? It's just, it, it's so much more confusing. But like a band like Pearl Jam, they had a horrible death of their lead singer and completely shifted genre and now they were like glam rock right yeah I mean, they wanted yeah. to play like arenas and and wear tights and and then they got this one guy became the lead singer it completely worked with the new scene they tweaked and now they're you know rock and roll hall of famers and yeah i mean and then the funny thing is if you talk to people about pearl jam a lot of people are super you know hot or cold with them they either love i personally i think there's a lot of good there and there's like there's stuff that i understand that people don't like i've always got people's issues or their like that little block from liking them i yeah, get it i totally understand it. i get yeah. it but i like them it yeah it yeah. took me a while and i just found it like naturally and i and it was a couple of years ago actually and i don't know I, I just i think what also i find super important is context of like the person who's making it a lot of people don't find that necessary and they think it's kind of annoying to know too much and people like that like mysterious element of like this is just coming out of nowhere for me i like really really enjoy learning about the process and how because it's not coming out of nowhere i don't i'm not very like into the magic thing i know it it was hard work and an interesting take yeah so like once i learned about pearl jam and how they write music and their opinions on the industry and that kind of thing i think from that point it was just like i had all the tools to actually like them at that point for me but i know a lot of people that you know they don't they don't give a shit what guitar George Harrison played or if it was Eric Clapton and, and the conflict with the band or whatever. Do you find yourself to, because I know, I mean, it sounds like exactly from what you're saying, I do the same thing where I will scour the internet for Radiohead factoid, like, you know, little obscure pictures that might lead to the fact that he used this drum machine on this album or whatever, you know. Zooming in on a photo on their Just, amp to yeah, see the level, you know what I'm pixelated. saying? Yeah. And some people are like, why do that? That's not like authentic. But I, you know, we're at a point now where it's so hard to be authentic because there's so many different opinions and you're learning so many new things that you're allowed to take. I mean, these people are great for a reason. You just, you got to make your own stuff now too, though. Yeah. You know, a guy like Mac DeMarco, he says, he, you know, he he's honest about, you know, taking a guitar riff that he hears in a, in a John Lennon song. But then he takes it and goes, I think that'd be a good bass riff. And then from there, he does something completely different. And he's honest. As long as you're honest, you're allowed to take bits and pieces. Oh, it's, totally. It's, it's and I think that's why he's so good. I mean, I think that's why people like him so much because I, I personally, and I'm sure, you know, hopefully, I think you do too. He's so inspiring because like he literally records everything in his own house, you know? So it's, and that's kind of the, the shift in, in generations of like, Everything was done in a studio before, and it cost thousands of dollars. You had to have producers, and you couldn't even get stuff released, you know, to music stores unless you had massive distribution people. 
And now it's everyone has their own distribution. I can distribute this podcast myself. You can master it. You can yeah, master it, it mix anything. it, do whatever I want. Promote and it's it. all in my own hands, you know, which is also, it can be a terrible thing if you don't know how to handle it, or it can be a great thing. And he has been a true gem of that sort of thing, of, of someone that's been able to play all parts in his house and then gain a huge audience doing this cool, jazzy, sort of chorusy, you know, alternative music. And he's using equipment that's, you know, it's actually a little bit harder to use, but he's using it for a reason. Yeah. As opposed to people that are like, just give me the, just give me the, the newest, best way to do it. And that must be the best way because everyone else is doing it and that's the way to do it now. But yeah. I've do always you, reverted back to it. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you turn to like, when you're at home, do you mess like, is it always the guitar? What, what sort of, do you mess around with the keyboard? Where do, where do you usually get things started? Um, I think I sing in like choir since I was a little kid. So I was always really into melody, harmonies, and so for me, I always, it's usually coming from like a hook or some sort of group of chords where I like the harmonies above it. So I, you'll think of like the, the vocal line or you'll think you'll hum some sort of melody. Sort yeah, of that's, okay. that's, that's, that's the second nature thing for me, I think, is when I, if I hear a piece of music and it doesn't have vocals, I can pretty much just say, we can do a couple different things, but we can figure it out. Yeah. I think that the, the long pain process for me is number one, drums. You know, it's the most important thing, and it's the thing for some reason, foolishly, I just decided that, that was the one thing I was going to skip out on. And not even just playing the drums, but the rhythm in the song. And Understanding that, drum beats and things like that. It's and, the floor of it, and that's what the cheapest listener hears first and can identify as amateur, as, you know, something that's actually special. Yeah. But yeah, I think my, my writing process is like, it's just... Yeah, it's so like give and take. Like I'll either think of a harmony. Like the other day, I just had a like a doo-wop kind of progression in my head, and I just had one word, and I thought I just want to have one word and just do tons and tons of melodies. But that's cool with one word. Just do yeah. just like okay, that's and just really keep cool. going and change with the chord. But then, like we were talking about earlier, it's being able to identify: Am I making something that I want to show everyone that's going to be a reflection of who I am, or am I making something? Just as an experiment, just because it's fun. Will I come out with a doo-wop 50 song about being antisocial? Maybe for another project, but it's not, it's just a fun thing for me. Like, to, because just, I, don't, you, I don't think other people want to hear doo-wop music. Yeah. And frankly, I don't every single day. It's just, a, yeah, it's just something that you had an idea, you sparked your mind, whatever, you wanted to jump into it. I totally get that, yeah. Just knowing what, what to spend time on and what, you know, because you don't, I don't get now I don't get caught up in like if I'm I want to write a fun song and maybe it's an homage to some other band or some other style I'm not going to slave all night until my eyes are dried out staring at the screen fixing and mixing because it's like then you're just putting all that expectation on something that doesn't really matter I have to I, I kind of want to just start saving the really high expectations and that crazy anxiety about finishing for something that I clearly want to use for something else. I think that's very smart. And I think that's something that I think, I mean, I especially want to get better at too. Like that's why we were talking earlier about getting one of those uh, Zoom, you know, handheld right. recorders with the mic. It's got nicer mics built into it. The better, I, th I think, I mean, the new iPhone's pretty good, but I think it's better than the iPhone. And, uh, you know, just because you have that tangible thing of you hit the record button, it's there and you're multi-tracking and whatever. But also because when you do that and you're doing acoustic versions and things like that, you're not 
tempted with all of the little plugins of like, oh, well, yeah. if I just add this and that, maybe I could, you know, we could release it or, you know, and then it tur- it swirls into this thing. And it's the beginning of the end when you start. It takes two weeks and then it's not something you use. And uh, I have that issue definitely. And I need to get better with that, definitely. Well, and, and, it, and it doesn't mean, okay, this is who I am. This is where I'm going to start. And now I shouldn't spend time doing that. Yeah, it just means just you like, have to. You just have to kind of work with your time, you know, and be like, oh, I'm going to spend. It's going to be in the back of your time. head. You yeah, know? it's going to distract you from. So you might as well just get it out because I I always find like if it's an idea that I kind of think is just kitschy and fun that I just want to try out. If I just get it out, I probably don't even want to finish it. I probably just have a little part that I just want to hear back and say, okay, that's what I heard in my head. But then there's the stuff that you know we work on where we go back and forth on what the tempo is going to be and the idea of the song and all the chords and how you know how we want to mix it i think it's becoming clear as you know we keep like getting older you know what's worth spending time on yeah yeah no i think it's it's very true i think i think as time goes on you kind of see oh you see what people react to which is really fascinating and it's important to send your stuff out even if you're not super confident about it to people to be like, hey, does that kind of resonate with you, or does that remind you know what does that make you think of? And uh, I think with the song that we're going to go into, nicotine, yeah, that was definitely one of those ones where it was like, oh, everyone's kind of on board with this one. Um, and so to get into that, where did you, where was you know, how did you start with that? How how old is this song? I mean, when did you start writing that? So I mean, when when we kind of decided as a group to this year at the beginning of the year, you know, we'd been sending songs back and forth, and you were obviously living on the East Coast, I was out here, and. And we really hadn't interacted that much. No, not we, at all. But we kind of just clicked when we were shooting our short film in that winter, and we were just talking about music. And automatically, I think we both realized, okay, this is one of those people where I can send something, and we can collaborate even if we're not together. And I'm gonna, I'm anticipating the response. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to, appreciate that person's that that input because that's gonna match what I, you know, my interests and what I'm into. Yeah, right, exactly. it's gonna move it forward as opposed to just saying, hey, do you like this? And getting a pat on the back, which yeah. is def- definitely necessary because without that, sometimes you can give up on something that's really good. But yeah, when we just were starting to plan about this year and wanting to jump into music and I, I you know, I ha- we had songs stocked up, but we were talking, you know, it's it, you have to, we were talking about this yesterday with sharing and also collaborating you have to find out what matches what some people aren't going to be the right person to share this to or if you want to collaborate if you want something back so i think once we kind of got together at the beginning of this year and we started jamming and kind of got a sense i think i sort of shifted gears and said okay to write with you know you and jimmy i had to put the blinders on to some types of things yeah and for me it's like i am now my songwriting super based in blues but i think i come to realize that that has its function and it has people that i can send it to and, and get the response i want but it's you can't send everything to everyone everyone's different and you're going to get some person's not going to like it as much as the other person then that's going to blur your perception of if it's good or not if it's worth it totally so i think once i shifted gears and i was like okay i think i know what we want to write together then you know we just started playing with chords and uh it was a big point for me when i said i need to stop babbling with lyrics about you know some concept or something that hurt my feelings or something like that i think i just real i was just like what's happening like right now and so nicotine was right there it was right there and i've 
I've had issues. It's been a long with the, with the jewel. <laughs> not, I mean, I started when I was into that metal stuff. I started smoking cigarettes like occasionally when I was like around fourteen, and by the time I was seventeen, I was a, I was a smoker. And I mean, up until last year, I was I was a heavy smoker, uh, switching from you know regular cigarettes to hand rolled to, and obviously you know everything else in between. And, uh, so I think when writing the song, I was like, well, it's not, it's specifically this one thing, this one chemical that I keep coming back to, because I can get it in all these different forms, you know, but it, whether it's the fucking jewel, which I actually fucking hate. Yeah. But it's just the new, it, it keeps following me around. Yeah. And it's not, it's not this one, it's just that one thing, it keeps staying constant. And so it's like, kind of like a, it's kind of like romantic, but it, I, I'm like. It's. I mean, I like the. That's why I like the song is because it. It definitely. It's got. It feels like a romantic thing. Like it's almost like a. You're talking about a relationship or something. Right. You know. That's why I think it's so interesting. Is the lyrics clearly reflect that, um, but then you realize like no, it's literally just this awful habit, which I think also reflects on a lot of you know person. I mean, people can relate to that of whatever their habit is. Maybe their habit's a person or it's a right. thing or it's whatever. That's why I thought it. I found that song when you sent that demo very interesting, and I'm glad that we developed that and into it, a it, whole thing. On all the surface, you could say like, yeah, it's, it's with the music. It's like this is a light thing. I think uh, an inspiration for me as far as like structuring the tone of your song is the Flaming Lips. I remember they described their songwriting as uh, the theme of a birthday party while talking about a funeral. So if you really want to pay attention, you know the lyrics are about you know this thing that i cannot get off my back and it keeps i think it's good because that's the the whole thing with nicotine is in the moment you think it's solving all the problems but it's really perpetuating all of them so if you want to look into it you can say like it's actually about it's almost like a stalker song i think also death cap for cutie does that really well it's like yes you really stop and think about it that's like not that great it's either like creepy or it sucks or it's unfortunate but i think you got to make light of it because i'm still doing it I think if I wasn't, I'd be hypocritical and, uh, I, you know, so that's why I think I have to kind of take it lightly because otherwise I'd just, I'd be, definitely be a hypocrite, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, certainly. I mean, who were, and, and coming into the the actual, you know, the chords and everything, were there any influences, any people you were listening to at the time that you can remember that you were like, oh, you know what, I kind of want to fit that into this, you know? Um, I think like the common theme... Um, for me, like, like I picked up, I really gravitated towards. It's kind of like the. Um, it's used a lot in '60s and '70s, you know, music like Elton John or the Beatles. That descending, you start at the root and you descend by half a note, you know, with the chord. And I think that's a, it's actually sprinkled in with a lot of the stuff that we're writing right now. And I think it's in most of the things. It's just some kind of tone about just sliding down half a note. It's always I've always gravitated. It towards. feels really nice. It's a very natural progression going down, you know. And then singing, using kind of putting the words against that or going up or whatever, you know, keeping them steady. That Slowly can, walking down. Yeah, it sounds very pleasing to the ears. Yeah. But I've I've always. I've always felt like it's kind of a cheesy, kind of cliche thing to do if you land on a specific note. If you end in major and you start major and everything interesting happens in between, for me, that's kind of, I feel like, ooh, that's like, feels kind of cheesy. And I always gravitate towards, you know, finishing on, you know, a seventh quarter, something that's clashing because I'm like, 
I kind of just I know everyone's expecting some nice nice resolution, and I always find it like really jarring, and it's and it keeps you into it. Otherwise, yeah, I love. I mean, the jarring stuff is what kind of grabs your attention. You know, if you kind of just go through the standard notes, you know, whatever. I feel like people can get bored with that. It's 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 good when you pepper in these little you know little details here and there, and yeah. a lot of people don't even realize that that's the stuff that's exciting them. But you know, I, I had a teacher once that was teaching uh, beat making. And he did a bunch of stuff for uh, G Unit, you know. And Sick. yeah, he was really good. He was really cool. And uh, he said, "You gotta add these. Like, it's like he's like, it's like the little stuff. It's like the ghost notes. That that's what people actually find exciting. Because you for can sure. just make a standard beat of just kick, snare, kick, 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 snare, whatever. You know. And that's cool. But it's the little delay that you add, a little bit of reverb that really, you know, it's the little things. When you have and, to teach that and rap too, because a lot of the time you're not using instruments." Yeah. And what you're losing is those ghost notes, those little fuck ups, the little like uh you know, the accidental click on the symbol. So you but you have to replicate that somehow. Otherwise it just sounds Yeah, like, and that's I mean it's because it's all in the box, it's all in a computer, you know, that's kind of how they do it, which is which is cool. I mean, it's fascinating that that's something that people are able to do now without having a physical a lot of times a physical drum set and still make these really cool, you know, rhythms and stuff. But I think for this, for nicotine, it sounds great with, you know, because we had thought about doing all sorts of different arrangements, but with the live acoustic drums and everything, it sounds awesome. And I, I think we, I like, really pulled from, obviously, Radiohead with, I love the combination of, like, I, I was really against effects for a long time because I like a lot of pretentious music people are like, you don't need that, that's not where the actual creativity is I think I found my balance like I would listen to Donnie Harrison I'd be like relax 42 pedals on your pedal board and I can barely hear anything else but just this drowning out I think once I found out you could I like that the clash of something super acoustic and like recorded on a condenser microphone like an acoustic guitar in combination with something super chorusy and something because you need a... Yeah, you need a balance. But so many people, you know, I, that's why I, when, like, this new kind of, you know, this... When indie pop started changing from rock to a little poppy, and you had bands like Blood Orange and things like that, I was... I was just kind of confused. Like, I guess everyone just wants to hear all the effects. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, some people, you know, they, they'll look for other things. But I think that's why this song is cool because it has it's just got half and half, you know what I mean like there's yeah. just enough reverb there's just enough delay and but it's all acoustic instruments you know it's all like which is that's what I think is really cool because you're able to use those effects to your advantage and use the modern technology but then also be like you know what I like just playing the acoustic guitar and I like just hearing that you know with a little bit of reverb like that sounds good you know well and I, I think I don't know where I learned it some I think it was Rick Rubin some documentary was talking about if you can't play every single one of your songs acoustic you're you're fucked and that was in the context of you know rock and roll and I like to like live in that blinded like reality that everyone cares about that kind of stuff but, no I yeah it's so true I mean that's because they it is something that you want to be able to strip down. And if someone goes, hey, what is this song to go? Well, let me show you, you know, whether it's like a simple beat tapping on something or it's like playing an acoustic guitar. I saw a performance. I won't say who it was because it was a huge pop star, <laughs> but I saw a performance and it was an acoustic performance of it. And it was so it was a modern pop song. And it was so the acoustic performance was so bad because they it was all, you know, 
It was all computer parts and things like that. I know exactly who it is. But it's cool. It was The song itself <laughs> is good. They did a good job. But it was just like they couldn't replicate it. I honestly think they should have just pulled out a keyboard because I was like, why are you doing this on guitar? This is ridiculous. But they did it with a guitar, and uh, I was like, and they used it as a promo video. And I was like, oh, huh, that's such a weird choice of, you know, something. And it sounded fine, not great, you know. But it was funny because it was like, oh, you really couldn't do that on guitar. You'd need, you'd probably do it on keys. But, you know, you you just, it's just a whole different experience now with, with modern music and, and those things. It's, you can play a whole show in front of a PA and and not have anyone with instruments and, and that's acceptable now, which is cool. I mean, I think it's, it's liberating, but it's also a, a huge change from what we had 15 years ago, you know? Yeah, I, I remember listening to Bastille, who's like, a, you know, they're a pop band. And I was listening to them and I was like, all right, I, I like elements about this. And then I learned that for their first album, they didn't, they used, it was all on their computer. All the, They emulated drums, they emulated guitars, but they fabricated it all from synths and, and MIDI effects and that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's where I was like, all right, that's, I can, I can get down with that. If you're using those things to make it sound like real instruments, but I think it just never, I never, it sits well with me when they use real instruments and change them into something that, and then it just, it just never translates well. Yeah. Versus Bastille, you can, if you can get everything done on the computer, all you, your biggest challenge then is just, okay, how are we going to recreate this live? Sometimes it just doesn't work out. But I think the songs that I really like, you could take away everything. It's still just really good. Now, are you, I mean, yeah, I think it's just, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like Sometimes. stripping it down. But then I'm like, I, I like artists that don't play any instruments, like a Flying Lotus. And I'm like, yeah. I, you know, like he could just play this on his iPad. And I'd be like, well, I, that's, I like that. Now, do you, now when it comes to like, writing lyrics and things like that do you what is your process do you I mean is that hard for you is it easy does it come like that do you write in a journal do you do poetry or anything like that I think it just depends on like what you want out of this I think you have to gauge the song every single time I think you <coughs> you automatically know like kind of what the tone is when you're writing it yeah with nicotine was it like just like this is something I need to talk about I have to get it off my chest like this is it was very it was very organized like I was like I want to write a song kind of personifying this you know this issue I have yeah but then other times I'm just like whatever just sounds good and I'll sometimes I'll just mumble and then whatever the word sounds like that I mumbled it doesn't even make sense but sometimes it just like works but I always try to have it make a little bit of sense I never I've I tried for so long to like write ambiguous lyrics that using big words that I didn't know that sounded very interesting it did that so many metal bands do that and using like renaissance terminology and talking about like you know like the walls collapsing and this or that and i would i just remember me and my partner in the metal band would just be like all right let's write let's write quick 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 what is like these walls are falling down crumbling the castles and i remember feeling like it's interesting but like two weeks later i was like what were we doing yeah so now i just i think you just have to be i think you just have to be comfortable and sometimes you have to be vulnerable and that's certain songs like I know it, it, it takes a while to get to the point where you can be vulnerable now I'm at the point where I'm like I'll write a song like one of our songs in our you know set right now was written purely based off of an experience I had with a girl and that's you know that's that's a lot of people's go to you know and for that it served that purpose and it helped served me you know getting that stuff out but sometimes like I didn't I wasn't mad about the you nicotine know, or anything like that no and i wasn't thinking like today's the day i'm gonna change i was just like 
this is clearly an issue, you know? And sometimes I just, sometimes it's just, you know, I just write, you know, what, what sounds. I think, I think that's cool. I mean, it's, yeah, it's gotta be, I, I think it helps to have something on your mind, you know, to be like, well, I woke up, this is what I've been thinking about today because that thing is going to be the most, it's going to be the most important thing that you're thinking about that day. So why not? try and twist it into what you're messing with on, you know, piano or on whatever. Right. And even if it's a stupid thing, half the time, if you change a few words here and there, you could write, you know, a song about a blanket and then change a word and it could sound just like a song about an ex-girlfriend yeah. something like that. And it could be the funniest story to tell people later of like, I was literally just messing around and then it turned into this whole thing. Yeah. And I love stuff like that. I think nicotine can kind of fall into that where it's like, this is something where, you know, I mean, nicotine's more direct, I suppose, but you can interchange, you know, anything with that, which is great. Yeah. And I, I, I had a, like a mentor, you know, who was a A&R and a producer who, who told me exactly that. He goes... I think I was just so stuck in, you know, what is going to be the most general thing, but it's important that everyone can kind of relate to. He was like, whatever you see in your daily life that you think is funny or interesting, people are just going to relate to just seeing something interesting. Everyone just sees random stuff that they can't really share with other people. They won't have that same experience. But just like random things, that's like super, that's super authentic. It's just like... When I hear songs like, uh, that's why I think like the day in the life, like everyone says it's the greatest song. And it's like, why? Because there's, it's, it's peppered with like super really big ideals about, you know, life and things like that. But it's also just a straight narrative about a kid that's getting, you know, waking up, going to school, riding the bus, going to see a movie, this or that. And I, I've, I think I still have a hard time, you know, playing the middle of something super specific and important and relevant to me. And I still do think I think about that other side of like, what can everyone relate to? I think about it in when I, especially when I write, you know, love songs or songs about romance. I think now more than ever, I'm very careful with like, is this welcoming for everyone? And I've, I'm not, you know, I'm not hammering down on inclusivity, but I'm just like, I don't really want any anyone to be left out. And I felt like that before listening to a song. So it's like, you can always make it more universal you just have to be a little bit more Gotta, yeah move move a few words around yeah so yeah. I, I, I like play in the middle of like trying to include people and being like this is all about me and I don't really know what which which version's better but I think it's always you know you just gotta you figure out down the line you know and you, just song to song I guess yeah alright well thank you so much for for being a part of this yeah, we're gonna okay. listen to nicotine right now and go through it yeah please enjoy and yeah thank you guys yee Take a breath, it takes me back to 17. 
I'm 